The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, Season 4. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There was a time I had trouble talking about it Congratulate them, we know they doubted Somehow we made it up out the pit Back against the wall, never quit Traversing through each obstacle Show a non-believer what's possible Let nothing they could do stand In between me and my wildest dreams Let's go and that come at us could come in between Life gave me the worst Yet my side grew so green We've been down in the dirt Been tossed in the trash But I never strayed from my path When we're gone we Looking back, maybe we were all way too high. Maybe that's our fault. It's gonna be a crazy time, but it's gonna be a fun time. Life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box. Your destination for both some feel good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. All right, all right, all right, everyone. Welcome in. It is Wednesday, July 13th, 2022. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast back here with you, getting you through the offseason, draft season, almost here for you folks. For some of us, it is here. Seth back here with you. Scott joined me as usual. Scott, how's it going out there, brother? Uh, been a crazy last couple weeks here in the fantasy scene. It has, but man, it sure is an exciting week with Scott Fishbowl drafts going. Um, we're in a speed racer draft, apparently. We're already <laughs> into round 12. Shout out Pawnee Division, um, a.k.a. Parks and Rec Division. It's been an absolute blast. We have a rule in our divisional chat that you have to use only Parks and Rec gifts. But anyway, it's been a really fun time. Everybody's been very active. And maybe in a few minutes, uh, it's possible I'm on the clock. So Okay, awesome, awesome. Well, guys, it's great to have everyone here tonight. Um, Nate and Jen, they're on their way to Mexico very soon. So we gave them the week off here, a little vacation time for the couple. They're going to be down south enjoying their time with their son. Um, but in their place, we have a very special member of the in-between media staff. Someone who's come on this year and has absolutely kicked butt in whatever she's been doing, whether it's out there on the general Twitter sphere, whether it's in her column Trash Talk, in her uh, YouTube series that she co-does with you, Scott, Pulp Fantasy Trash Sandwiches. What's up, Trash? Hey, uh, happy to be here. Um, I am, yeah, like Seth said, a writer and editor over at In Between Media. Um, I just started this offseason. It's been kind of a wild ride, and I'm uh, going head first into it for a ever podcast. Forgive me, I'm super nervous. <laughs> um, but I think it'll be a great time. Um, it's a good crew, so happy to be here. Outside of fantasy football, I um, am a big crafter, mostly okay. knitting, a little bit of sewing. You probably all have seen my dog, Stella. She's uh, pretty cool, kind of a big deal in my life. But um, I don't know, like Seth said, I live the life of a grandmother. So <laughs> those are my exciting hobbies. But yeah, happy to be here, even though it's like kind of past my bedtime or getting up there. But I'll make it through. <laughs> So uh, trash for anyone listening for the first time meeting her. She has a very interesting hobby. She knits a lot of hats, sometimes football hats. Um, she is a dog, Stella. I know she goes to bed early, but but you do rollerblade, which is a very young and hip, trendy thing to do. Uh, so, so how did that kind of start, Trash? Uh, I saw the, the cool girls on Instagram doing it, <laughs> and I wanted to do it. And I am not very good. <laughs> um, it's great. I have uh, some real fun cheetah print roller skates 
um, having a good time. I have a giant scrape on my knee, which hurts a lot because I ate it hard last time I was out there, but gotta be bad at something to be good at something. So here I am. Just got to keep getting back up, man. That's how you got to do it. I um, want to thank everyone from YouTube joining us tonight. We got Toronto Dave in the chat. It's been a while, Dave. Good to see you back here um, from the cool side of Canada over there. We got our buddy Dale Eat Sleep Fantasy in the chat as well. Good to see you, Dale. And then we have Joey Wright as well. Joey's hanging out. Um, good friends over there at FYF. Thank you guys all so much for tuning in. Um, Scott and I, we had the pleasure of being on the Scott Fishbowl Podathon over the weekend with Nate. A little late night appearance. Our boy Shane was hosting. Great time. Uh, I just kind of wanted to throw it back out there. If you guys do want to contribute to what Scott Fish and everyone over there at the Scott Fishbowl Podathon is doing, go to scottfishbowl.com slash give. Um, there's still time to continue to donate throughout the offseason. So I just want to keep plugging that as much as we can. Trash, in terms of Scott Fishbowl, how are you doing? I know drafts are kind of moving here at varying pace. Yeah, I'm in a pretty slow draft. <laughs> it's cool. I uh, We've made it through four rounds. I am hoping to do my 509 pick before I go to sleep tonight. We'll see how that happens. Um, but I like it. I kind of went, I don't want to say on tilt, but outside my usual draft yeah. strategy early. Um, started with Joe Burrow and then Jalen Hurts. That is not something that I usually do, but last year I kind of got screwed over with the quarterbacks throughout the season. Um, feeling like mixing it up. Um, I was debating DeAndre Swift, so I was really happy that he then fell to me in the third. Then I went with the T. Higgins stack. I am now kind of seeing what happens, hoping I can get Keenan Allen in the fifth. We'll see. Hopefully none of my competitors are listening. Yeah. And <laughs> At least not the two coming on the clock tonight. <laughs> but. Um, Trash, we do have a question here from Dave as well. Are yeah. you a roller blader or a roller skater? I guess we should have clarified yeah. that. Roller skate two by two. Okay. 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 Fair enough. Scott, how is your draft going, brother? Um, I believe you said you're in the Pawnee division, Parks and Rec? Yes. Yeah. For drafting out of the uh, 1.06, um, I think, yeah. It's the best team I've ever drafted, right? <laughs> no, I'm, it's, it's similar for me like this. I think it's, it's showing some, some, uh, I don't know, some maturing. That's a shout out to Parks and Rec, by the way. Um, some, some maturing in my, uh, discipline. I didn't draft a running back till the fifth round for the first time, probably in my entire life. Um, and I'm doing it in Scott Fishbowl. So I started off with Lamar Jackson, started off with a stud QB. And then I went with my guy. Kyle Pitts, Pitts Hive. I might, you know, he's been kind of bouncing around where he's been taken. And I probably, based on how the tight ends ended up going in the early rounds, I probably could have waited. But I'm just all in on Kyle Pitts. So, um, and then I went with some some receivers, Diggs and Mike Evans. So nice. that's just not my typical style. It is not my typical style. And then I had Zeke sitting there in the fifth. And so I'm like, I'll take Zeke in the fifth as my running back. So. I know that uh, I know a few of my competitors are in the chat. I know Jordan's in the chat because he's the one I was telling you guys pre yeah. pre show that a little sniper action. You've been happening. sniping each other a little bit. I think I'm winning the sniping battle, and I don't think he he's he's really hoping I don't snipe him live on air. We'll see, we'll see what happens. It's possible. Looking at looking at his team and his team needs, it's it's possible that I might snipe him. We'll see. Oh, so, hey man, that, that's I mean, it's great. been really fun. The Pawnee, the Pawnee division is super duper fun. Um, 
it's been a blast. Everybody's like I said, everybody's been super active in the chat. And it's just so much fun. So, yeah, man, it is just such a special time around the fantasy football industry. It, we're blessed to be here. Um, had a great time this run in Scott Fishbowl as well. Myself kind of went with what uh, TS was doing down there. Went with the double QB early. Um, my, my cup of choice was Russell Wilson and Jalen Hurts. So was really vibing with that. Um I am in the letter Kenny division. So uh, shout nice. out to our guy, Toronto Dave out there, paying a little homage to your, uh, your home country there. Um, but after that, I, I went Najee fell me in the third. And then I love that tight end value, whether it's in Scott Fishwell, whether it's in redraft that we talk so much about, you know, every, every single season here at in between media. Um, so I went, came back, George Kittle, uh, Darren Waller was sitting there in the fifth. So got that double tight end stack. Um, Waited. I always wait too long on a receiver in Scott Fishbowl. That's kind of the name of my game here. Um, Jerry Judy is the only wide receiver on my team right now, currently in the eighth round. But guys, I am up on the clock right now. So Ooh, we got was like, so am I. So am you, I. All right, Scott. Scott, why don't you take it for us first, man? I know you're what 13th, 14th round for us. 12th round. Okay, 12th so, round here. Scott Rainier on the on the clock in the Scott Fishbowl. What do you got for us, Scott? We'll see. We'll see if this makes anybody happy or not. So, um, so yeah, so I kind of gave my roster, went stud QB early, and then I've got a couple of, honestly, I have Stefan Diggs and, and, and I, I was debating between Diggs and Al, uh, Evans in round three. Um, I think Seth, I, I was talking in the chat, like, what do you guys think? I ended yeah. up going Diggs, and then Evans was still there in round four, so I grabbed, because to me, those are two guys you know everybody's talking about Adams, talking about Cup. Those are two guys who easily, in my opinion, could finish as the overall wide receiver one. So, um, and I typically don't go, you know, heavy wide receiver early. So I, so I, I give, I gave it a shot. Um, I've kind of thrown some darts at some running backs. You know, I took Zeke in the fifth. So, and then I took Rashad Bateman in the sixth. So I, you know, was kind of starting to, starting to feel the pressure of running backs a little bit. Kind of a homer pick, but I went You're with on that bottom dropping off a little, a little bit, bit yeah. a little bit, but like, yeah. I'm not at the same time. I'm just not that worried about it. I mean, not that I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to win no matter what. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. Not what I mean. I'm just yeah. choosing not to stress about it because it's fun and it's charity and it's Scott Fishbowl. But I went with a homer pick. Uh, I took Kenneth Walker as my RB two. I really okay. wanted Pollard, but I didn't really want to do Zeke and Pollard as my first two running backs. Absolutely. So I did Pollard as my RB three coming around. Um, and then even though I've been very vocal about being <laughs> low on James Cook, wrote an article about it for fantasy data, I still went ahead and took a swing on James Cook because I think he's the type of guy to take a swing on in the once you start getting to the double digit rounds. Yep, absolutely. Like it could go nowhere, but he's not my he's not my starter. It could also smash in PPR. Um, so where I'm at now is um, and oh, sorry, I got Justin Fields in there. Sixth round. So I do have a second. That's a stinky pick, but I'll, I'll I'll leave that for you to figure out. We'll see about that. I'm, I'm on the other. <laughs> I'm on the other side of that argument. Um, We're going to get into that tonight. That's going to be a heated discussion. We bring up these bears. So I sit here in the twelfth round with two quarterbacks in superflex and only one tight end in tight end premium. So that's where I'm looking. Okay. Um, Cole Komet, my guy, Seth's guy, Seth's favorite. Seth started, anybody watching doesn't know the history. Seth, Seth started the Cole Komet Club. <laughs> You've heard of the Cole Komet Club. Seth started it. He doesn't remember starting it. Sober Scott's the one that had to bring it back up, and then it actually turned ballooned into a club. But Seth started it anyway. 
So Cole Komet just went. He was one of my guys. Irv Smith just went. He was going to be one of my guys. So I am taking one of the last technically starting quarterbacks left on our board and stacking him with Kyle Pitts, and that's Marcus Mario, oh. for better or for worse. Pick has been made. Okay. Okay. I, I, I like that. I Was Geno Smith on the board, Scott? No. I he don't was, Okay. Okay. I mean, my Mariota, like, I, I obviously I'm not excited to have. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you sniped Jordan once again, Scott. He also he also only had two QBs, so I figured it could be it could be it could be a, um could be him. But you know, the way I look at it is, um, I I have I I believe in Justin Fields, and obviously Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. So going waiting this long on my QB three. I want a guy like his competition, regardless of how well he plays, is a rookie that a lot of people think is unproven and not ready to not ready to start in Ritter. Um, so so, you know, he's a starting quarterback like uh, at this point. I mean, I didn't want to take Mariota in the 12th round. I would have loved to have waited a little bit longer. But um, Baker Mayfield was another guy I was going to go after one round earlier because he's a starting quarterback in Superflex, and he got picked. So. I kind of just had to bite the bullet. You know, there's some still some, obviously there's always going to be some decent wide receiver and running back value in Superflex when certainly, you're like, certainly. when you start, cause I mean, I hate picking based on need and I really didn't. I've stayed pretty disciplined through the first 10 rounds to not pick based on need. Um, but I don't, I don't want to go in with my third quarterback being a rookie who might not play. Yeah, um, absolutely. Or absolutely. Geno Smith who might, who hey. might not play. I'm a little hot on that Geno train. You know, Trash, you hot on that Geno train at all with me? No, I'd go Mariota over Geno. <laughs> <Okay>. Sorry. <laughs> I, uh, I don't think I want either. Of yeah, I, I think I don't know who's going to start, and I don't want either. I was kind of hoping, like, maybe five minutes before our podcast, Garoppolo got tra- traded to the Hawks, and I would just scoop him up, you know. Um, but it did not happen. I don't well, think we, it necessarily is going to. We will talk a little more on Baker Mayfield too. I'm seeing that in the chat. So we, we are going to talk about that later on, what the fantasy implications are of that. Um, if you guys like, I know we have some people from the Letterkenny division too. I'm on the clock in that right now as well. Um, so I can go ahead and make a live pick here as well. I'm sitting the eighth round. I kind of previewed my team for you guys right now. Wide receivers is the need here. I know Scott said I probably shouldn't be drafting solely on need, but I really think I need it at this point. Um, um, Devonta Smith is on the board. That's kind of where I want to go with this pick. I have a one stack with Jerry, Judy, Russell Wilson. This would give me the Jalen Hurts, Devonta Smith. So I'm kind of getting the value stack. You know, I'm not going full send. I'm not going out for a luxurious meal here, but I'm going to that, you know, Wendy's four for four dollar menu, whatever you want to call it. Um, what, what do you guys think of Devonta Smith here? Also other people on the board include, uh, Tyler Lockett, Chase Claypool, Brandon Ayuk. I know we're going to talk him about him a little bit later as well in the in the show. I think I'd go Smith over any of them. I'd rather have Smith than those names you mentioned. The only one Claypool I might is- consider is Ayuk, but I think you can get Ayuk later. Yeah. Okay. Claypool okay. would be the one that I'd maybe waffle with, but I'd still go Smith. I just think it depends on what you think about Jalen Hurts. I mean, Jalen Hurts has just like skyrocketed to a top five QB. I'm going to keep my mouth shut about it because – I, I, you know, he could easily do that with his rushing ability, but if you believe in him as, as being able to move that offense with the pieces they've added, then, then you, I, to me, you believe in Devonta Smith. I get it. They have Goddard. Obviously they brought in Arthur Juan Brown, 
but you know, he, he showed, he showed out last year at times. And yeah. I think he's going to be, I don't think he's ever going to threaten to be the wide receiver one in the, in the NFL. Yeah. But I think he's, I think he's the type of receiver that could attract a lot of targets and be really good in, uh, in the SFB format. Absolutely. Well, guys, the picket is in. I got some reconfirmation from my host here from the chat as well. We appreciate that, guys. Um, so we are good on that. Scott Fishbowl, um, no, not fun. in the rear view quite yet, but in our discussion today, it is. We're going to go ahead and move into front and center here. Um, we're going to talk about some of the latest fantasy news, including what to make of Baker Mayfield on the Panthers now, guys. Um, but before we do that, the easiest way to support us here at In Between Media, if you're new to the channel, um, please give us a thumbs up on this video if you are enjoying the content. And please subscribe as well. You can uh, you can learn when we go live. You can join the In Between Media family. We're here every other uh, every other Wednesday right now. During the season, we will be weekly, possibly even even twice a week as well. So we're going to bring you the, the best fantasy football, best fantasy NASCAR, best fantasy golf content we can here at IBT. So uh, please subscribe if you aren't already. And uh, guys, why don't we fire up some front and center here? Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. All right, you guys know the drill on front and center. We're going to break it down fantasy football style. Baker Mayfield traded last week to the Carolina Panthers for a fifth-round conditional pick. Um, that price of that pick could possibly go up depending on those conditions. We're not exactly sure yet. Uh, Browns, they're going to be paying $10.5 million of Baker's salary. The other $5 million is going to come from the Panthers. Baker did take about a $3 million pay cut to make it work, but he can make that up in incentives. I'm guessing it's you know somewhere around 75% of the snaps is something he has to play. Um, we'll see when those numbers do come out. Scott, I want to start with you here. How are you feeling that this first shakes up the Carolina offense, if at all? Um, Baker Mayfield had a couple solid seasons in the NFL, really regressed in 2021, torn labrum in his non-throwing shoulder. So do you think Baker can make an impact here, whether it be DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall Jr., a guy you like, possibly Robbie Anderson if he's back, or good old CMC? First of all, I don't really like Terrace Marshall Jr. anymore. <laughs> you did. You did. I he did. was my sleeper last year. I'll admit <laughs> it in our draft guide. He was my sleeper, and that crashed and burned. Um, we'll see. No, but I think, I mean, to me, it's almost, not, not, I don't want to I don't want to say a best-case scenario, but, like, for Baker, I mean, now he has a shot to start and either prove it in Carolina or prove it to another team. Like, it, nothing was going to happen in Cleveland. No, nothing at all was going to happen in Cleveland. Yeah. So, I mean, like him taking the pay cut, like it, it really kind of sucks how that all went down. But I mean, Cleveland's just kind of a big on fire garbage receptacle right now anyway. Um, so it's, I mean, it's good for Baker, obviously. That, that kind of goes without saying. I think Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. I don't think that's necessarily going out on any big limb. No, no. Um, and I keep, you know, it wasn't his throwing shoulder last year, but I mean, I've never played quarterback in the NFL, but I have to imagine if you've got some shoulder injury to your non-throwing arm, 
it's going to impact it for one physically it could impact your throwing motion but it's going to impact your instincts it's going to impact your um you know willingness to take a hit whether it's conscious or subconscious you know what i mean i, I just can't imagine it didn't have a negative impact on him i'm not saying he's going to go to carolina and be you know live up to the number one overall pick in the draft that he was well that ship I, sailed absolutely yeah i but i i do think it is at least a slight improvement for the offensive weapons and the skill position players in Carolina. I don't think just the fact that he's better than Sam Darnold, you know, that's just my logical place. Now, how much, uh, you know, that's I don't the question. It, that's the, yeah, question. I don't, I don't, I don't think it all of a sudden vaults DJ Moore into what a lot of people want him to be uh, into this top five wide receiver. Um, I think it's good for Christian McCaffrey though. I think a, a more Absolutely. competent right. quarterback is only it's only can be a good thing for Christian McCaffrey. Um, Terrace Marshall Jr. We talked about. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it, you know, I haven't finished my redraft projections yet. Don't tell my boss, which is you, <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> but uh, I haven't finished yet, but I, I it's probably not going to move the needle too much for me on DJ, like a DJ Moore where I'm going to rank him maybe a couple of spots. Um, I just think overall it'll be a better offense than it was going to be. I, I agree. TS, are you comfortable at DJ Moore's current ADP? He's going somewhere between wide receiver 16 and 20. That could possibly bump up though. Um, giving this Baker Mayfield news, are you in on that price? I'm in on that price. I mean, if he's going at wide receiver 20, I'm definitely in. I think he's like top 12, maybe just outside. Also haven't done those uh, projections or rankings, but <laughs> It's kind of where I'd roughly put him. Um, I don't think he's top six, but I think he could be a solid value for sure. And um, yeah, other than him and Christian McCaffrey, I'm not super interested in anyone there, but I think it's definitely good for Baker and it does give me a little bit more confidence in him. Um, QB three, I'm definitely in on that. QB two, I waffle a bit more, but I mean, it depends who you have for that top guy. I just, you know, I'm not super confident on (laughs) So last week, according to Underdog Fantasy, four for four for giving us these this data. Wide receiver fifteen, DJ Moore's already moved up a couple of slots. That ADP's rising. I personally am kind of the last couple of years. I've always kind of like held my nose and drafted DJ Moore, and it's never benefited me. You know, he had a couple spike games. All his tw- uh, games where he's over twenty PPR points happened in the first month of the season when Sam Darnold kind of went on that little tear. That was kind of nice, you know. Nate was victory lapping in here on the Sam Darnold train, um, but but only seven TDs for Odell Beckham Jr. in two and a half years with Baker Mayfield. And I know people are going to come in here. Hey, Seth, that's a scheme. That's Kevin Stefanski. Well, I mean, I also saw Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs put up way better numbers in Minnesota with Kevin Stefanski's system as well. So. It's tough for me to buy in at that price at DJ Moore. I honestly think I would rather wait, you know, a couple rounds and get DK Metcalf. You know, I, I think there's higher Brandon Cooks. There's higher upside, I think, later um, in drafts than DJ Moore. I'm just worried about it plateauing. But I will say the one thing Scott said that I do absolutely agree on, this is a bump for Christian McCaffrey to me. He's been hovering around somewhere, you know, overall in my my projections player number two to player number five, kind of mixed in there with Derrick Henry, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. I think now he's going to be the clear number two in my rankings. We saw Kareem Hunt have a lot of success here with Baker Mayfield the last couple of years under center. Um, So I'm just thinking, again, more scoring opportunities as well, better offense. And Matt Rule's got to go, man. 
I know I'm hearing we're hearing reports that maybe Sam Darnold gets this starting job to start the season, but Matt Rule, Penn State's own, State College's own, he is under the microscope, folks. He's on that hot seat. Um, TS, is there anyone else outside of these two that, that you're looking at taking a, a deep shot on, whether it's Baker in a super flex or Marshall Jr., uh, good old Robbie F. and Anderson down there as well? Not really. Um, I like Robbie Anderson, the player, but I don't think he's going to do anything with Baker. Um, yeah. Also, and I know this is just like hearsay, but him like threatening to retire with Baker. For one, I don't understand it because Baker is definitely an upgrade from Darnold. I don't know how yeah. you could look at the two of them and say, yeah, Sam Darnold should start. Yeah. Um, but if you don't want to play with a guy, I get that. And I respect it. And I, it worries me. I don't know. Hearsay. But I'm not wild about any of the prospects. Okay. So I think what we're kind of saying as a collective here is in a super flex, if you need a borderline QB2, QB3 candidate, that's Baker Mayfield. Some of us are going to be in on DJ Moore at the price tag. I personally am out. Seems like you guys are a little more comfortable with that. Um, Scott, any final thoughts here? Because it seems I mean, like CMC is moving up as well for you. I, I'm comfortable with DJ Moore where we originally talked about him at like wide receiver. I think you said 16 through 20. If he's 15? at 15, if he's at 15 and rising, no, there's going to be other wide receivers in that range. I'm going to take over. DJ Moore to me is a little bit like Josh Jacobs as a wide receiver in that like at the end of the season, it's going to look kind of nice. It's going to be like wide receiver two. But he's not, other than a couple of random weeks here or there, he's not really doing a lot for you. Um, Absolutely. So, no, I'm going to, I mean, I, I was a big DJ Moore guy. I still think he has all the talent in the world, but it just, at a certain, at a certain point, regardless of the quarterback situation, if it, if it hasn't clicked into him being worth that ADP, then it's probably not going to. Okay. Fair enough. I think that's a, a lot of great conversation on Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers. Good for them. Like hopefully this, like this realistically at the end of the day, it is the best quarterback. A lot of these guys in Carolina have played with CMC other than maybe his rookie year with a decent Cam Newton. Um, but it'll be fun to see how it plays out over in my side of the woods though, in Pittsburgh, Najee Harris came out this last week, had a very interesting quote, has some fantasy managers scared that his snap counts may come down. Najee was uh, talking to Chris Adamski of the Pittsburgh Tribune, um, and he says that he's still going to be on the field a lot, um, but, quote, I will be on the field a lot, but on certain downs, I will not be on the field. So he's saying that he may get spelled, um, and he's just looking for some extra rest, he says, quote. So, Trash, are you concerned at all by this quote from Najee, or do you think this is just a guy trying to hype up his teammates here you know, early, early off season? Yeah, I think it's more like hyping up his teammates. I'm not really worried. His teammates are Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland. I yeah. don't think that they're going to steal a ton of work from him. Maybe Najee isn't a bell cow. There's not a lot of bell cows out there. So I think Najee is still the guy. And if he comes off the field for a down or two, like, it's fine. Yeah. I think. Guys, yeah. we have Mr. Scampers in the chat. What's up, Mr. Scampers? Good to see you, man. We also got Bo in the chat as well um scott what what about you here do you still have I, I know you and i are kind of shaking out our projections here but i still can't see Najee probably shaking out any lower than rb6 or 7 for me um you know when you really look at this the opportunity was amazing last year number one in opportunity share number one in snap share for rbs but number one in targets and receptions as well which i think is going you know under the radar a little bit when you think of Najee harris what say you scott and uh Najee this year um, I mean, I, I agree. I think that's just kind of some 
offseason talk. I mean, if they had anyone there to consistently and effectively come in and whatever, play a third down role, then I might be a little concerned, you know, because he's Najee is actually the one saying it. But like like Trash said, I mean, the other running backs there, they did they did they didn't address that situation. Um, so I don't I don't think that really matters. I'm totally good with where Najee is going. I mean, right now, a true you know the bell cow backs we saw in the late aughts and the early teens, two thousands. Um, they're becoming unicorns in this league, and so he is a true bell cow. Even if if what he says means maybe his you know opportunity share goes from whatever it was like ninety five percent to ninety three yeah. percent, then sure. I mean, if you look at you know I like to look at points per touch when I'm looking when I'm looking at like volume issues, you know, because he was a volume guy. He wasn't a big yards per carry guy. He wasn't guy. efficient at all. He yes. wasn't a big explosive yep. touchdown threat every time he touched the ball. He was a points based on volume. But his points per touch was right in the same range with Joe Mixon and some of the other backs. It really wasn't as bad as it might seem because he seemed like a low efficiency, high volume guy. Like, yes, he was. But if you take away a little bit of that volume, it's not really going to be as detrimental as you might think. So I'm, I'm, I'm good with him. I'm good. He's a... He's a volume, you know, opportunity monster. Yeah, I mean, Mike Tomlin throughout his entire history here with the Steelers, it, outside of the split that they used to have in the early mid-2000s with Deuce Staley and Jerome Bettis, it's always been one back, whether it's been Lev, whether it's been James Conner, Fast Willie, you, you know, Rashad Mendenhall, and they don't have the, you know, Trash, you kind of hit the, you know, the, the, the nail on, with the hammer, man. Anthony McFarlane has never inspired me. Benny Snell has never inspired me. Kalen Balaj maybe has inspired me at times, but very, very briefly have I wanted to visit that Bellagio. Very, very briefly. There have been times. Um, but yeah, I, I think Najee's still going to be a locked and loaded top five, top six back for you. So if he's falling in drafts, take advantage is what we're telling you here. Um, next one I want to fire up for you guys here. Um, this will be a great topic for us. We, we always have strong takes on this uh, fella. Um, actually, we got a like on Instagram from his mom a couple weeks ago. And it was actually on my article, dissing Cole Komet. So she obviously <laughs> didn't click the link, but she did She did see the picture of him. She you did double tap. Your, you got to be watching stuff. your back, Seth. <laughs> I know. I know. You have Google alerts set up, I'm sure. Shout out Cole Komet's mom. I mean, man. players' moms have been all over the news this week. So. How about it? How about it? Uh, Cole Komet's might be the next. Um, no, but guys, <laughs> seriously, Cole is uh, preparing for a key role in this new offense led by rookie offensive coordinator Luke Getze. So he is someone that I've kind of come out publicly the last couple weeks, and I've said I'm not paying the price. I'm not pl- paying for tight team or tight end 13 overall, um, 133 overall when it comes down to total players. Uh, TS, are, are you in on Cole Komet? He's obviously geared up for a big season. His mother also obviously geared up for a big season as well. I am in at that price. And honestly, I'm like a little surprised that you aren't. I just think if you look at that tier of tight ends, you have the top four, you have like maybe another four who are decent and reliable and then after that it's kind of a gamble and I think tight end 11 to 13 I'm in on that gamble um I think he is going to stay the number two target I don't see that changing and I think he's going to get enough volume I hope I don't know fields I really like him I'm maybe a little concerned but I really like him 
Um, so I hope he gets it together and I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm in on Quinn at that price. Um, Ten round. I don't know. Who else are you taking there? I don't know. I just see higher upside, whether it's some, some of these, you know, late round RBs, Daryl Williams, um, a couple of late shots at wide receiver, Kadarius Tony, something like that. Um, I even like, you know, just wide receiver or tight ends down the board more. Um, I definitely like Hunter Henry a lot more. Um, I'm even a big Brev Jordan guy as well. So there are some other people there. But and I hear what you're saying, TS. The commit and Dave here in the chat as well saying he has a decent shot at a lot of volume. And Dave, you're 100% right. This guy was top six in targets last season. So as far as tight ends go, 93 is a lot of targets for a tight end. Also saw 19.7% red zone target share as well. So really good percentages here. However, he didn't capitalize, didn't score a tight end or didn't score a touchdown. And as a tight end, that's kind of your bread and butter sometimes. Obviously, Jimmy Grandpa. He affected that, you know, rolling him in a lot of times in the red zone as well. Um, but just seeing that happen, the inefficiency with Cole Komet, and I think the most startling statistic that I looked at was Chicago quarterbacks did not benefit when they targeted him. Normally tight ends are where you go, especially as a young quarterback. They're kind of like your safety blanket. Chicago quarterback rating for when targeting Cole Komet, 83.3% rating. So that is very down compared to what would be a league minimum or a league average for tight ends. Scott, do you have anything, anything different here that maybe can, can get me back on the commit train? Cause I'm total fade right now after seeing that 83.3% rating. Yeah, I've got, I've got a few things to say about that. So the one, the one thing I'll point out in, in what you just said is you had to say Chicago quarterbacks as opposed to saying a quarterback's name. Mm-hmm. And that's something I think I, I, I mean, maybe people are taking it into account and, and it just maybe I maybe I think it's more of a impact. One, Justin Fields is a rookie. This is what drives me a little bit crazy about quarterbacks, rookie years. Lawrence Fields, Lance, mm-hmm. all these guys get drafted. They're all hyped up. We all say, yeah, rookies, all, rookies typically struggle. Then they struggle and everybody's like, oh, wait, these guys are trash. Not the good kind of trash that's co-hosting, but like, <laughs> um, you know, yes. so it's just like, it's like the, the thing that was expected happens and everybody jumps ship. So um, it, it would be one thing also if Andy Dalton started the season, played a certain amount of games, and then Fields, you know, learned the ropes and took over and played the rest. That's a more at least fluid situation that you could, I think, read more into. Now, it was Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, then Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. So I think from the get-go, and forget, you know, Matt Nagy, you know, call, you know, calling the shots as well. So I don't think Fields was ever put in a position to, to be successful. I think as far as the the rating to Cole Komet, I mean, it was a different quarterback throwing it. They never could really get in sync. This year, Justin Fields has the entire offseason to practice with Cole Komet. Um, the, 90, the 93 targets, I mean, I did a little bit of research into that. Um, yes, yeah, zero touchdowns. You know, you don't like to see that. But we talk mm-hmm. a lot about Kyle Pitts and his positive touchdown regression coming with the amount of targets he had and the amount of touchdowns he had. I mean, Cole Komet's an even bigger case for touchdown. I mean, if you just, I looked, I looked back to, to, to tight ends all the way back to 2000 who had more than 90 targets. The average touchdown percentage is like five and a half, um, which would have been almost six touchdowns for Komet. If he just, it's, it's likely going to come up. Sure. Yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, I, I just struggle with, this is an offensive driven league. Matt Eberfluss is the new head coach. Here's a defensive side of the ball guy. 
I don't know much much about Luke Getzey. I just can't put a lot of stock into him. There was a lot of OCs, a lot of head coaches that kind of shifted around. I got excited about him. You know, uh, O'Connell up in Minnesota, um, even, even, you know, Miami's new head coach. There was a lot of guys I was excited about, but this just was not one of them. Um, so maybe I'm wrong here, but Scott Trash, you guys make some very, very valid points here on Cole Komet. Um, I did want to, Albert has a question here, Komet or Irv Smith. Uh, Albert, we're going to get actually into some Irv Smith analysis here in the next segment. So if you can stick around, we will absolutely flash back to this question and I can actually kind of give you a little bit of where they shake out in my current tiers. And Scott, I'm sure can add some input to that as well. Um, in the midst of our projections here. Um, a couple more headlines for you guys. Um, again, some of this could just be noise. You know, this is the season of noise as well. Um, Trash, how do you feel about this one? Brandon Ayuk uneven at practices right now. Um, Jack Hammer, the press dem- Democrat, reporting that Brandon Ayuk has not spent a lot of time with Trey Lance this, this offseason. When he has, they haven't been on the same page. So how do you see things shaking out for Ayuk? Obviously, I mean, he was a huge bust last season. We, we can't really sugarcoat that. He kind of came on during the second half of the season, started to get you know, out of that doghouse a little bit. But can you trust Brandon Ayuk here? Because the ADP, I mean, it, it's dropping. He's he's still around in a lot of drafts late. I'm worried about Ayuk. I'm worried about the Niners as a whole, if I'm being honest. Um, I like Trey Lance, and I think he has talent. I think the San Francisco situation is not being managed well. Like, why is Jimmy G still on the roster, we'll say. Um not that I think he's going to start, but it's a little concerning. I know they're like trying to maybe trade him. Just feels like, come on, do something. Um, I think if you temper your expectations and you're like, Ayuk is a wide receiver three, four, and you get a good value on him, great. I think he's talented. Last year was rough. I have him on some teams. The year before that was pretty good. Glorious, and I, glorious. And I yeah. he was not the most even, if you will, then either. So I think. Yes saying that he's still uneven does give me pause. Um, Like maybe he just doesn't have a good connection with Lance, which would be a bummer. Um, But I don't know. I don't want to say it worries me, but it maybe kind (laughs) of worries me. (laughs) Scott, are you worried at all? And and were you taking Brandon Ayuk even before this? Because he's someone we haven't talked about. I mean, maybe since November of last year, it seems like forever. Um, I mean, where where Ayuk had kind of been settling in ADP was approaching a range that I was comfortable with, and I still am. And honestly, with news like this is probably just going to drop that further. You know, I was wrong on it, like a lot of people. I was super high on Ayuk last offseason. You know, what I saw in his rookie year, I just assumed it it would continue right into his sophomore season and couldn't have been more wrong, but I also was pretty big on Trey Sermon. So what do I know? But I agree. I I agree with TS in that it is a little volatile right now, knowing what to expect from the San Francisco offense. Um, Jimmy G is still there. There's still just like rumors that bounce around like, Nope, Jimmy G is still going to start. Trey Lance isn't ready. They don't like Trey Lance, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Again, we, we have to sift through all the coach speak and the rumor mill, you know, all off season long. Um, but it's still there and it, it's weighing on me. So I'm not reaching for you can, you know, I was looking at him in SFB and if he had lasted one more round, I would have probably grabbed him, but I didn't. And I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Absolutely. Um, I'd like to be wrong. I'm rooting for the guy. Um, I think he's a really talented player. I'm a Pac-12 guy. He went to, I think, Arizona uh, state. Yeah, you are. Um, you are the Pac-12. Uh, wait, no, sorry. It's Pac-10 now. It's back to Pac-10. <laughs> yeah. How about it? 
and then probably all the other, all the teams are going to move to some other conference. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with TS. I'm a little, I'm, I'm concerned. Uh, so Dave, Dave asked the question here, what is Ayuk's current ADP? And Dave, in the last week on underdog, he is going as wide receiver 41, which that's kind of right where he's shaking out. It seems like in my projections, um, don't have every team done, but kind of where he's looking to last year's wide receiver forties. That was kind of where I had them with that amount of points. And I think that's, you know, a, a solid place for him. I think the eliteness that we thought maybe IU could have coming into his sophomore season, that's gone. Like we didn't know Debo Samuel was who Debo Samuel really is. He's kind of, he can be a target hog. George Kittle can be a target hog. And if Debo's not playing in the backfield, this season a lot they're going to get him involved on more quick quick outs you know more screen passes so it could take brandon Ayuk's, you know uh opportunity share down even a little more so if you need a wide receiver four that ha- might have some boom weeks that's brandon Ayuk. but i think we're all saying just tread carefully do not overreach for him um and then just to answer this question as well mr scamper is asking nate are you going on a trip or moving i think nate's out of the chat now um very different feelings for each mr scamper nate's going to mexico so all good um he'll be back with us here in a couple weeks um they're gonna go enjoy some time down there in porta, porta vallarta did i say that right yeah porta vallarta and okay. i think he's just we're clarifying they're on vacation yes yes yeah, they're not moving to mexico right now yes 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 um last headline for us though guys for the night um mike evans does not expect gronk to return there's been you know a lot of question marks hey is he going to come back before the season is tom going to give him that ring and right now mike evans is saying he doesn't expect him back obviously maybe mike evans isn't the perfect person to ask here um but i think this just plays into mike evans ceiling going even higher this year um now he's kind of really made himself up into that tier i think right behind those Top three guys, Cooper Cup, um, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson. I think he's in that next tier there. Um, and right now, for any of our aggressive betters here um, in the offseason as well, his DraftKings or uh, DraftKings total for the year, 10 and a half uh, touchdowns for Mike Evans. I think he's absolutely going to smash that. So whether you can get that there, maybe some better odds on FanDuel, um, but I am absolutely smashing that over on 10 and a half. Um, 27 touchdowns in the last two years, guys. Now, no Chris Godwin to probably start the season, no Antonio Brown, and no Gronk. So, touchdowns need to be made up here. Um, are you guys with me here on pounding the table for Mike Evans? Yes. I'm all, I'm all in on Evans. I'd push all my chips into the pot on Evans, which is weird because I've I've got my 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 journey yep. with Mike Evans has been a roller coaster. I think one of my first articles for IBT was about uh how he wasn't going to be able to sustain what he did his first year with Tom Brady. Um, but for me, you know, I like to look at sample sizes. I look to look at what's sustainable, what's probable, what are the odds something's going to be repeated. He's played two years with Brady. He's been a 12 plus percent touchdown per target rate both years. Um, and if Godwin starts off hurt and no Gronk and no Antonio Brown, I mean, Obviously, Tom Brady has a very good rapport with Mike Evans, especially when they get near the goal line. Um, O.J. Howard is gone, right? Yes, sir. Buffalo. Not that that was a huge thing, but you know that now the tie, their tight end is Cameron Brate. So I don't think that's someone that's going to necessarily take a whole ton of red zone work away from Mike Evans. I think, I mean, for me, like if you have to look at that next tier, who could jump from that next tier to be the wide receiver one overall? For me, it's Mike Evans. Okay. 
Absolutely. Love that. Love that. A um, couple things real quick before we move on to our next segment of the night temperature check. We're going to talk about some recent moves in ADP, um, not just some headlines as well, but did want to bring up this comment from Toronto. Dave, smash the over, like smashing that like button. Dave, absolutely right. The easiest way to support us guys here at In Between Media. If you enjoy this video, um, please give it a thumbs up. That really helps us. And subscribe to the channel as well. And you're going to get that bell. You're going to, every time it goes off, you're going to be in here with, with the guys chilling with Toronto, Dave, Scampers, Albert, and the boys. Um, so we appreciate that. Um, and then here's a question for you, Scott, um, from Alan. Scott, I was going to ask you to, I was going to ask you to, I was going to ask you to put this one up. Yeah. Yes. Scott, you mentioned SFB. So who are some of the players you're targeting um, in later rounds, say rounds 13 plus, and we can go around the table here. Um, TS, do you have any off the top of your mind? I know you're still in round five, so so we uh, haven't got there quite yet, but are there any dark me. throws you want to throw out to our guy, Alan, here? Give me a second. Let me figure out who's going there first. Okay. Scott, what, what do you have for Alan here? I know you're kind of already in those rounds. Let's see. What do I have for Alan here? Uh, Alan, I'm just going to speak directly to you. Um, probably, I think 13 is where I'm going to start taking kickers. No, I'm just kidding. Alan's in my division, so I'm not going to answer this question. He's being silly. So you two can answer, but Alan is trying to get some insider knowledge. Oh, from me is Alan is Alan a Pawnee division member yes. then? Okay, okay, interesting. He, he specifically mentioned 13 plus because that's the round I'm picking in next. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and plead the fifth here, but you guys should answer. Okay. Well, I will say this. I love helping people beat Scott in fantasy football <laughs> leagues. So uh, we talked about it earlier, Brevin Jordan. He's a great tight end sleeper. I haven't projected over a lot of these guys we're talking about here a little bit later. <clears throat> Irv Smith. Um, Brevin Jordan, I think, is going to be a good one. If you need a dart throw QB3, Geno Smith. I like him. And then we actually just got some news out of Dallas today. Looks like the rookie Jalen Tolbert will probably be starting week one. So I really like the upside on Jalen Tolbert if you need a late throw at receiver. TS, can you add any names to that? Um, not particularly. Okay. I don't okay. know. No, I think those are all good guys. Um, I will say you're shitting on kickers, but I like the kicker strategy. I played at least two kickers for most of my week, sometimes three. And I think I did one with four and I made it to the semifinals. So like take a kicker. Why not? We're having fun. Absolutely. Dave, I like forward too, by the way. I think that's great. Dave saying, I thought I would subscribe was like WTF when I saw I wasn't. Wow. Well, I mean, we've been glad the YouTube clowns kind of settled things down there and you, you, uh, you learned your lesson there. A couple other ones for me, I'm just going to throw out there as well. Daryl Williams. If anything happens to James Conner, Daryl Williams is probably going to get a big bump in value. So I don't mind throwing something late at him. And I know it's not a sexy pick guys. I know it's not, but if he's around Raheem Mostert might be a guy. He might be a guy that, you know, you can plug into your starting lineup before he gets injured this year. Um, so I look for Raheem Moster if you need some of that RB depth, like I, I imagine Scotty does. I'm seeing also Tim Patrick there. I'd go for Tim Patrick. I yes. Think, um, like he's still going to be involved. I think he's going to have a good role. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a as far as a value pick, Tim Patrick's a really good one. I'll go ahead and say it, even though Alan's listening. But yeah. also go check out our boy, uh, Herm's NFL. He just wrote an article on the Broncos receivers for fantasy pros. And he talks a lot about Tim Patrick. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out, to, shout out to my buddy. All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and jump into our next segment of the night. Temperature check.
temperature check. That's really spicy. Holy s***. So hot indeed. Temperature check. So we got some feedback on this segment. And I I like to incorporate listeners, commenters, uh, feedback into our segment. Temperature check. We've always had a scale um, of basically three different temperatures like you would get a steak. There was rare, medium, um, and of course, well. And I always thought, you know, well being, you know, the most well done, that's that's the best. But I've since learned in my, you know, in my my years aging here um, that people, more people like rare steak. So on our scale for temperature check now, rare is the best. So we're yes. if, you, if you're saying you're rare on something, you're hot, you like it. If you're saying you're medium, well, you're medium on it. Still same type of thing. But if you're well done, you're probably out on that, whether it's ADP, fab, whatever that comes down to. Um, but first one here for you, and Albert brought up a question a couple minutes ago. Who do you prefer, Irv Smith or Cole Komet? And that's a great question here, Albert. Um, Irv Smith is actually – his ADP is moving up as well with Cole Komet right now. Tight end 11 in underdog drafts over the last week. Um, how do you guys feel about that? And would you take him over Komet? Obviously, I love the Minnesota offense, but I think Justin Jefferson is just going to have such a huge target share. It might not be worth it. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd go medium because um, I think I'd prefer Komet over Irv Smith. I would probably also take guys like Fryer Muth, who Irv Smith, I saw him going in front of him. Yes, yes. And Gunam, I'd take either of them. Yes. Um, I think like Gasicki is the other one going around there. I'd probably go Irv Smith over Gasicki. Okay. Yeah. Game is a mess this year. <laughs> okay. I I would I think I would personally probably go Gasicki just a little bit. I mean I have some Penn State bias, so I can't say that for sure. I think Irv Smith, like I projected him out, and I had Brevin Jordan above him, and I think Irv's going to have a good solid season, but I think the upside just might not be there. I think they're really going to try to get Justin Jefferson a little more involved in the shorter game passes that they haven't. A lot like we saw Jamar Chase kind of get involved with in the second half of the season for Cincinnati. Um, I mean, I have an absurd target amount for Justin Jefferson. I think my number came out like in the 180. So it was very, very high. Um, Scott, when you were kind of shaking things out for yourself, is is tight end 11 too high for you on Irv? Because it is, is, it is for me. Um, yeah, I, I would say medium, though. I'm not going to go all the way to well done. Um, I like Irv Smith. The problem is I just haven't seen anything yet. I'm yeah. definitely taking Cole Komet over Irv Smith at this point um, because I've seen something. Um, we mentioned it early, 90, 93 targets. Just one last quick little plug for Cole Komet. Since, <laughs> since 2000, there have been 11 tight ends in their second year, 11, to get over 90 targets. 11 out of 117 tight ends that have gotten over 90 targets. So 10% of the tight ends that have done that have been able to do it in their second year. I just think it's more impressive than we're led than, than it seems because of the lack of touchdowns. So I'm I'm in this particular circumstance. I'm taking the the volume I already saw in an offense that I think is going to be better than last year over Irv. But I really like Irv Smith. Um, and Irv Smith to me, like I have Irv Smith and Noah Fant in kind of the same spot where it's like. I don't. I haven't seen Irv Smith really play yet. No offense, athleticism doesn't scare me, but his situation. I'm a Seahawks fan. His situation mm-hmm. does scare me at least this year. So that unknown is enough for me to tip the scales towards Komet. 
I think for me, it comes down to what type of league am I playing in? If I'm playing in a tight end premium league where I get an extra half point per reception or a full point per reception, I will go commit because I will mm-hmm. take the volume play. However, if I'm in a, a generic league, if the 80 right now, the ADP, I don't want either of them. I, I think like I would much rather have Pat Fryermuth. Trash, you kind of hit on that as well. Um, but I think I would probably lean Irv in a regular league just because I like the offense better. I just don't trust the Bears this year. Outside of Monty, I don't see myself owning any Chicago Bears this season. Um, but that's just me. So, And Dave here, he's saying he's playing Komet in a tight end premium league. So, okay. Okay. Um, and, and guys, let's go ahead and move on to our next ADP riser here. Um, kind of bearing the lead on this one, but guys, Zach Wilson is starting to slide in some drafts now. Um, couple comments have come out about him lately. The first one, football related, of course. Um, what happened is people are saying his accuracy has not improved in camp, whether it be with Garrett Wilson, um, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore. People are not beat reporters are not liking um, what they're seeing out of Zach Wilson now. Someone is liking though what they're seeing out of Zach Wilson. Um, apparently. Uh, Zach Wilson, his, uh, he, he, you know, was in some type of relationship with his, uh, mom's friend is what we're, what we're hearing. Just some rumors, I guess his, his girlfriend put it out on Instagram. You know, she was kind of getting slayed in some comments cause she's now dating. Was it Dax? Do you know who the other receiver is? Any of either of you guys know Dax Mill, Matt, Dax Klein? It's, it's I'm pretty sure it's Dax Mill, but I don't, I don't know anything about him. It basically he, he's, you know, one of the bench receivers on the Washington football team. They went to BYU together. They're homies. Um, she, she recently broke up with Zach, went over to, uh, to the homie here. Um, she was kind of getting, you know, trolled on Instagram. She puts out this news. I, you know, fantasy Twitter has kind of been running wild with some pretty funny memes about it all. Um, but, and you would think his ADP has gone up, but it's actually gone down lately. So, any interest here in Zach Wilson, like on a serious note, QB 23 in Superflex League? I have a little bit of interest, but you guys know I've kind of been on the frisky Jets train this entire this entire offseason. Now it just plays in even better that I've been saying that for two months. So, so TS, any interest here in Wilson? He's got a great supporting cast around him for once. Yeah, I mean, I'd say medium because I do think he gets a big – he got a big upgrade this year, and I am hoping that it helps – he was just bad last year. I didn't really see anything that got me excited or gave me hope for the future. And um, I'd rather somebody who I know what I'm getting and they're proven and they're like, okay. This is like, I'd rather go Baker. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather go Carson Wentz. I don't like oh, Carson Wentz, but I oh, know okay. what I'm getting. Maybe not Carson Wentz. <laughs> but I just think um, I didn't see anything that impressed me. He got an upgrade. I hope he can get it together. I guess. Like if I'm going to draft, um, I don't know if you're saying in a one QB league, I don't think I want him. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. To- <laughs> um, but I don't know in a super flex, like maybe as QB three. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, in one QB, no way. Um, in super flex, as long as it's not a charity league that has massive penalties for turnovers. <laughs> yeah. Um, accuracy. Then in Superflex, my answer is always going to be the same with a quarterback who is a starter. Yes. I will draft them. You know, I mean, I'm not reaching if I'm just in a if I'm just in a general Superflex league, I'm not, you know, 
at the right price, yeah, I'm totally fine taking Zach Wilson because he doesn't have any competition. He's a starter. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. I mean, I don't know if high five bros is a good reason for rankings to be fluctuating. You know what I mean? Like why yeah. his rankings would be impacted at all by this news. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's, he, he was not good and I don't think he's going to be very good, but again, that my golden rule in Superflex, one of the first things somebody told me when I was figuring out how to play Superflex dynasty was like a starting quarterback has value. Yeah. I mean, it just does. It's, you know, yeah. You know why I'm, I'm, I think, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. I was going to say why I think he went down in the, in the ADP is because we kind of forgot about him. And then the news of him resurfaced and we're like, Oh yeah, Zach Wilson. <laughs> that could, that could be true. I, I will say, I think if they can use Garrett Wilson correctly, you know, a shorter a dot, get him out in space, some yard after the catch. I like what we can maybe see from Zach Wilson and Brees Hall, just having him in the backfield, if they also use him to his full advantage, I think that horrid completion percentage could go up. So I, I think there is some happy upside here. I think it's like you guys said, though, he's a QB3 with some upside, but also, I mean, he could be, once again, one of the worst quarterbacks in the league like he was as a rookie. But I'm holding out hope for those frisky Jets, I am, guys. I'm super curious, though, because the Jets do have an exciting young offense now. And I'm, I think probably I'm a little bit more, if, if I'm going to be excited about Zach Wilson, it's going to be in 2023 um, because Elijah Moore will be going into his third year. Garrett Wilson will be in his second year. Brees Hall will be in his second year. Like they could have something going by then. Um, it's an interesting year for the Jets. Yeah. I mean, they could, I mean, I don't think Zach Wilson's not taking any kind of Joe Burrow leaps, but they remind me a little bit of the Bengals of being a team that's just been atrocious, whose offense could get real exciting quickly. Yeah. One of the last uh, ADP risers we have, guys, is, is someone that you've both actually talked about in your last couple episodes of Pulp Fantasy, where you guys combine uh, pop culture, whether it's movies, TV shows, um, with kind of fantasy football, what's happening on Twitter, what's kind of happening out on the field as well. Um, and it's Gabriel Davis. Um, he's up five spots right now. He's going overall on underdog 43 overall. So all offseason, he's just been continuing to climb. He is now going ahead of Brees Hall, Jerry Judy, George Kittle, and Darren Waller, just to name a few. What? Last time we saw him, he had four touchdowns. But is he worth a pick Wait. in the early fourth round in the draft? What? What were those names you just said? Darren Waller, George Kittle, Jerry Judy, and Brees Hall. He's going ahead of all of them. Oh, that's that's ludicrous speed. No. That's ridiculous. Sorry. That, that just really surprised me. No way. Yeah. And another report came out today. I didn't check on. I, I didn't get to read the full thing, but something about his, he's brought his weight up more. He, he's a much, you know, he's been beefing up. So now the hype could be even more. By the time yeah, next he's trying to get, he's trying to get up to that Kelvin Benjamin weight. <laughs> so I, I personally like. I think Gabriel Davis has a lot of upside. He slid in our Scott Fishbowl, and I was kind of intrigued about taking him. I didn't get around to it, of course. You know, hashtag sniped once again. Um, but. I think at that price, I mean, at this, at this price in the Scott Fishbowl, we're talking wide receiver 30 something, but in redraft here, I mean, we're talking early wide receiver 20 something. I can't pay that price for a guy who I haven't seen it doing the, in the regular season. It sounds like you guys are kind of on the same train here. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, luckily if you want to see people arguing about Gabe Davis, you can just go to Twitter and search Gabe Davis and you'll be reading for hours, but <laughs> 
in far, as far as that whole back and forth, like I'm kind of in the middle. Like I'm not like a big, huge Gabe Davis fan, but I'm also not this like hater that just thinks he sucks. But that is crazy to me. Yeah. Like those names you just mentioned, like if I'm in a league where I'm on the clock or I'm, I'm on deck and somebody takes Gabe Davis and lets Darren Waller fall to me. Thank you. Good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. I like him as a player. I think he's talented. That's way too spicy for him. I also, and this was kind of surprising to me, he was the fifth target on their offense last year. He was behind Beasley and Sanders, who are both still on the team. And I don't think that they're like, that feels a little fluky to me, but I worry about him. I think it's a high powered offense, but I think there's a lot of competition and I'm, um, I'm not in at that price. That's for sure. I'd much rather like Waller, geez, all day, every day. Beasley yeah, and Sanders both gone. I will say that, but um, Isaiah McKenzie, he's back. Jameson Crowder's there as well, who it could also kind of be a little target hog in that slot area as well. And James Cook, who I love now. There you go. There you go. Hey, no, real, real quick though, like I'm a Seahawks fan. I often, probably more often than I should, think about what the world in my life would look like had they given the ball to Lynch in the Super Bowl <laughs> instead of throwing it. I start to think about what the world would look like if Gabe Davis had not caught four touchdowns in a game in the playoffs. I mean, maybe it wouldn't have had any, maybe this all would be still be happening, but I really doubt it. Yeah. You know, like I really doubt it would be, he'd be the most polarizing person on Twitter if he did nothing. In it's that game. just tiresome. Honestly, I like him, but I'm done. Well, that's the thing. I just like the only, the only effort I put into it is bits on Pulp Fantasy. Yes. Exactly. Yep. Well, that's why I love and appreciate you guys. Um, and that's what we do here at IBT, guys. We combine feel-good lifestyle advice, whether it's pop culture, whether it's the spirits variety that we do over at the 19th hole, whatever it is, we got your fix here at IBT. So we're going to uh, bring some of that feel-good lifestyle advice into the show here with weekly advice. Weekly. Weekly. Right. Weekly advice, our way of giving the advice that sometimes you do and or do not ask for this time. Got a question for you guys, because, you know, as a as a media professional, I always try to look up to um, my superiors, you know, my my colleagues and just try to learn from them. And I feel like both of you can, you know, kind of give me a lot of a lot of valuable advice. Scott, you've worked remotely for quite a long time now since the, the covid pandemic. And TS, you're also a media professional up there in Vermont as well. So um, my question here for weekly advice, guys, is in a remote friendly working world, how do you balance working in the summer and your other commitments, whether it's vacation, time with family, trips, um, graduation parties, whatever it is, because, you know, especially as fantasy analysts, we have to be on all the time. So, um, T.S., I want to hand this off to you first. How do you kind of balance that, especially as a media professional, where you're trained to be on your phone all the time? Yeah, so the easy answer for me is I don't balance it. (laughs) I'm in a weird position. My job is really place-based. I work in marketing, and I market a town, and I work um, part-time in the office, and part of the time I work in my remote office, which is about half a mile down the road from my regular office, also in the middle of said town. Um, There is no work-life balance in that. Shocking. (laughs) Um, No, I mean, I like make time for myself, obviously, but 
the easiest way for me is just like get out of town. Um, I can work remote if I get out of town, but it's so hard because my job is so intrinsically linked to where I live and this town that I'm like, I just like, I want to get out and I want to not think about work. And that's cool. (laughs) And and TS kind of like when you just leave your, you know, wherever you're working, kind of get out of there. Is it something like you just don't go on certain apps on your phone that would remind you of work? Or is it you're just not going to look at certain texts from certain people? Or is it just kind of a mindset you get? You know, they like, I feel like Vermont's always been a very nature driven place. So is it kind of just getting out, getting unplugged a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I will say I'm a little guilty of like checking my emails or whatever and trying yeah. to, I'm trying to not do that, but a little bit. Um, definitely the apps is a big thing. Like I do Facebook for work and I will not use Facebook personally. Can't yeah. catch me on there. Um, Instagram, I do use for work and I'm starting to a bit for my dog, but those are really different. Twitter. Hashtag um, still, baby. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> once asked me if we should have a Twitter for work and I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the boss of this. And I said, no. So that's kind of cool. Um, I mean, yeah, Vermont, you're surrounded by beautiful things. It's nice to get out. And um, I'm pretty fortunate that I can do that, you know, right from my house, which is nice. Um, it's, yeah, it's hard to unplug at times, but I'm trying to be better as my boss likes to say nothing that we do is life or death. And she is absolutely correct. <laughs> that's great. That's, I really like that. And, you know, that's something I think I need to work on a little bit better personally. Scott, what say you, man? Because, I mean, you're obviously a dad. You know, you're in a different position than T.S. and I are. You have two awesome little girls. You have a wonderful wife, a home. You know, you you, you have responsibilities in life. In addition to IBT work, you hammer out the fantasy, the work over at Fantasy Data. Um, and you're just a big, you know, proponent in this, you know, in this entire space as well. So how do you kind of balance this all? Especially, I know you love to camp. You're going this weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not easy. I mean, like, so for me, the the like day job work life balance has gotten better because the reason I left my the one of the biggest reasons I left my former employer over three years ago was because of work stress. And what I realized is a lot of I mean, some of it was just the nature of the industry, but a lot of it was self-inflicted. A lot of it was me setting these unsustainable paces with work and with checking in on work. And TS hit it, hit it, said it perfectly, you know, and it was my, my boss at that job was the one that told me this too, but it was too late. You know, what is no one's, you know, no one's sitting on an operating table waiting for you to operate on them here. Like what we're doing is not life and death. Yes. Respond when it's something that absolutely has to be responded to when you're not on the clock. But ever since I started my new job three, three plus years ago, I've just, that's my, been my biggest focus is when I log out for the day, when I go camping, when I'm doing that, sure, I am sometimes not super present with my family because of Twitter and fantasy football, but it's not because of my day job work. I, I, I went, I went on a week long vacation recently. I didn't check my work emails once. I honestly didn't really think about work and that's relatively new Mm -hmm. for my brain. Um, but I've spent a long time getting there. So that's been, that's been amazing. Um, plus I'm fortunate to work in an, like with a team in an environment where it can be that way. Like we have people that work nights that can take care of stuff at night mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. 
for me, the balance has be, has is really between the three and then this, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know, because like going camping. So we're leaving tomorrow night. We're going till Sunday. No service. Mondays is due Sunday. And uh, the SFB drafts going. So I need to, you know, I need to make sure I take care of what I've committed to before I do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, that's, that's how, that's how I enjoy myself when I'm off is like, I just, I focus on in, in the time I'm working or in the time I've allotted to work on fantasy or whatever it is, you know, to get to, to meet my goals. And that way, when I do go on vacation, I've done everything I can. Mm-hmm. So nobody has to call me being like, Hey, this thing's going crazy. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, my biggest piece of advice is just like, I know it's hard because I did it forever. Is just if you don't need to be thinking about work or checking in on work when you're not working, um, just don't. Mm-hmm. That's guys, I appreciate your advice on this. This is something I still struggle with and I'm a freelancer now. So I obviously don't have paid time off and you know some of these other perks. So I am consistently working. I mean, Right now, I'm geared up at an Airbnb, an Airbnb we're at, you know, in the Poconos Mountains, you know, pretty far away from 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 home. And um, it's something I will say, it, while I don't have advice on this specific thing, I, I will echo exactly what you guys said. And I really appreciate that insight. The other thing I will say, too, is I think it just goes back to the overall message of In Between Media. We are A in life and we want to get to B, but we have to remember to enjoy the in-between. And that, that is so valuable, and I think we will always come back to that as a company, and I hope we do. Um, but to anyone out there listening tonight, just enjoy that in-between because sometimes you don't ever get to be, or sometimes be when you get there, you know, you look back in the journey and you wish you had appreciated it a little more. At least that's what's happened to me in times, and I've talked to a lot of other people as well. Sometimes you get to be, and it's not all what you you know thought it was cut out to be. It's more relief just getting there. So remember to enjoy that time in-between. Guys, I absolutely enjoy all the time in between I get to hang out with Scott. And, and can we give a – let's just give a hand of a round of applause for TS here on our first first podcast. Crushed it. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and the, pulp fantasy, the Pulp Fantasy last month was hilarious. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I had that, fun. Was, that was awesome. I will say I um, did initially say no to that. Seth oh. may recall I said no. I took my dog for a morning walk, and as I was out walking, I thought of like three jokes, and I was like, "Okay, fine, I'll do it." <laughs> Let's go. There you go. Yep. So, well, guys, awesome. make sure you're following along with Trash Sandwiches on Twitter. She's at Trash Sandwiches on Twitter. Every all her content is absolutely glorious. If it's right in the mold of what we're doing here at IBT, and it meshes with Scott's content as well at Munder Difflin FF on Twitter. These guys are two of the most entertaining, funny, but also at the end of the day, they have, you know, Scott, you kind of touched on a very serious subject at the end of your last pulp video. And that's what I love about you guys. That's why I love what we do here, um, you know, at in between media. So thank you to everyone who's tuned in tonight. Again, if you want to support what we're doing here at in between media, the easiest way is uh, subscribe on YouTube. That goes a long, long way. Um, if you guys are interested in more, of what we're doing here at IBT. We have an entire website full of columns. Um, we got some more stuff coming out this uh, this in-season as well. Um, and if you want to get more of us, join our Discord, guys. Just DM me on Twitter. Um, we have a Patreon with different tiers, but we can get you in the Discord for free. We'd love to chat with you guys and give you you know free advice. It's going to help you win money, win championships, but at the end of the day, win life as well. So um, 
For Scott, for Trash Sandwiches, for everyone here in between media, I'm Seth, and we will be back here real shortly, guys. Until next episode, keep it in between. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice.